0: Hey, welcome back to the Transformation Trek and uh, we're uncovering a new practice today, what we've called cultivating community and I'm really I'm excited about them all but I'm really excited about this one as we talk about what it looks like to bring about deep and rich community and uh, we deliberately chose this word cultivating because I've become somewhat of an expert on cultivating without bragging too much. No, no, let me explain. Over the last few weeks, um, there's this thing on Xbox called Game Pass that lets you download and try some games free. Other night, after a big day or big week, Friday night, I downloaded this game. It's going to come up on the screen. It's called Farming Simulator, version 19, mind you. And I tell you what I did for a couple of hours. I farmed the land. I bought a farm. I plowed the ground. I cleaned, uh, the, cleaned the shaft away, I think it's called. I bought a new tractor and I sat on that tractor in that digital land and I drove it, drove it up and down my farm. And it was beautiful. <laughs> and so I'm now an expert on farming, of course, because being a city boy <laughs> for my entire life, I now know a lot about farming. And uh, what I've learned is that to cultivate something, is that crops don't just... Grow up overnight, that you need to put work into it. And so you need to plow the ground. I said you need to work the ground. You need to let the ground rest sometimes. And you let there's cycles and seasons and nutrition and water and food and things that you need to give fertilizer. And uh, that's how you grow crop over time. And so it's the same, although jokes aside around the game, and I'm sorry to offend you if you are an actual farmer. Um, but there's, the same can be said about community, though. It needs to be cultivated. It doesn't good, rich, beautiful community doesn't just happen accidentally. <laughs> doesn't just, oh, accidentally got there a nice community or a working community. It needs to be cultivated, and that's exactly what this practice, this, this season is about. Rich, deep, good, and beautiful community doesn't just happen In this present moment, in our culture at the moment, I think that rich, deep, beautiful community is actually really hard to produce. The world, I think, works against it. What do I? What do I mean? Well, a a couple. See, this is opinion, but I see a couple of things developing in our culture at the moment that mean that community is actually um, really difficult. The first can be summarised by this. It's going to come up on your screen. We no longer say we're going to attend an event or we can't go. We have two other options. It is if we needed two other options, then yes or no. We now have I'm interested, which isn't shown on this picture, but it means I can just follow the event and see where it goes if I feel like going another time. Or maybe I know that you're putting on an event, I know that you're committed probably finance or committed space or committed at least energy to putting on this thing yet i might go <laughs> see what i'm up to when it comes or see if i haven't been invited to another better thing i don't want to commit although putting on an event means you're committing to me this maybe generation or this maybe culture i might go we kind of just no longer plan to hang out anymore. I was reading another thing about dating and young people and it talks about the people just, they now date kind of just happenstance. They just happen to be in the same place. They happen to get some food and they happen to do stuff. They don't plan anything or want to, want to commit to anything. It's kind of just hoping we'll just hang out. <laughs> do you want to hang and watch TV? Do you want to hang and go to this movie? I don't want to commit or plan or gather Richly. The irony is, though, and what makes this so dangerous in our culture is when we do attend, when we do happenstance, when we do rock up to something, when we do go to a maybe event, we hope that the event is excellent. So I'm going to spend money and go to the movies. If I'm going to go have a dinner, if I'm going to go to a show, it better be my favorite music. It better be excellent. The event you've put on better be excellent, even though you haven't committed to it. (laughs) I expect you to commit everything to me. So if I go on a date, if I'm eating, if I'm eating with someone, it better be excellent. I better happen across it, but it better be awesome every time. It needs to fit my needs, my time, my life stage, my life slot, my everything. And I've called this community, if I could give it a picture, I've called this community that we are developing a, a cruise ship kind of mentality, cruise ship culture. We've got a pool there, we've got water, we're traveling at the same time, there's shows on, there's drinks at the bar, there's multiple choices of food, there's people working and serving me to make my experience perfect. If I don't feel like doing this, I'll go to theater on a cruise ship. If I don't feel like doing this, I'll go to this. It's a cruise ship mentality. And we see this in wider culture, but this has definitely affected Church culture. Churches feel like they need to be, at least some churches feel like they need to be Westfields. They need to meet every single like, need or... Let's go need want. They need to make sure every want is met in every single generation. Every experience is excellent. That the show, that the audience is happy. That the audience can consume, which just, I don't know. We'll keep exploring this. But I wanted to pitch another community that's formed out of our culture. See, the second community I see is heightened by the internet and world events. You see, we thought the internet, the dream and the vision of the internet was that everybody would kind of develop world peace because we would all come on the same page. Once we had all the information, all the stories, all the perspectives, we'd kind of become this, not a hive mind, but this singularity, This, 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 we'd all be in this together. But the internet, unfortunately, is seemingly doing the opposite. We're divided like never before because instead of us finding people that we disagree with and finding middle ground, we found people we agree with and we've cut everyone else out. We've cultivated our content to the point that we've cut everything else out. To the point that your feeds only feed you things that you like to hear, that you agree with. <laughs> and that hasn't been healthy. We have these bubbles that people live in where they think everybody in their life agrees with them. It's dangerous. And so what happens when a bubble comes across another bubble? It's all out war. It's online trolling. It's very, very hateful and hurtful. It's like, you don't agree with me? We can't have a conversation, but we can go to war with each other. And so we get these little bubble communities, which I have called a warship kind mentality. On the ocean, looking for the enemy. Because everyone else that's not on my ship that agrees with my ideas, my thoughts, is my enemy. A warship. Let's get them type, and type picture. And what actually, I must admit, what it actually made me think of the cruise ship and warship mentality is I saw this on my Facebook the other day. <clears throat> It says, church. Church is like, which one of these? Which would you choose? Do you want a cruise ship type church or do you want a warship type church? And I think the person posting it, or the guy who created the meme, wanted me to think warship. (laughs) Wanted me to somehow think that our communities, our church communities, need to be warships. But I don't know. Is that the plan for community? Is that the plan for rich? deep godly community is that the only two options well rather than giving you my opinion let's actually head to some scripture around what deep rich community looks like according to the bible acts 242 one of my favorite verses gives us this picture let me read they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. If you don't know Acts, it's called Acts of the Apostles. It's the early church. It's kind of, I guess, the most purest form because it's straight after Jesus, got the Holy Spirit engaged, and they're going. And so they're kind of just, yeah, they're just, yeah, the culture is just experiencing the church for the first time. And so they're seeing these wonders and They're seeing what they do. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. I use this. Picture a lot. I use this verse a lot because it's just such a beautiful picture of biblical community. God breathed community. This beautiful description of the early t- church. Now, what's important, and I've probably used this verse like this before, but I've come to realize that this is not a prescription. It is a description. Now, you might be saying, that. what am I saying? It's not a prescription. It's a description. What do I mean? This is not a tick sheet, this verse. This is not like you look at a church and go, hmm, does it do this? Tick, all right, tick, 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 all right. It's it's godly community. No, this is a description of what a moving, working, growing, rich, deep community looks like. Can I give you an example of what I mean by this to tie this further? So one thing I hear in my denomination a lot within the church is they go to that verse, it says, and they gathered and broke bread, um, and so people will say to me, and rightfully so. I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I said we need to have communion every week. Why? Because the early church did it every week. Now I do agree that communion is great and really important, and I like to have it every week. But I tell you what, I've never—I might have heard hundreds, if not thousands, of people say that to me throughout my short time in ministry. But I've never heard someone come up to me and say, "Pastor Steve." This morning we didn't sell our possessions and give to the poor. <laughs> never. Funny enough, as they went through the tick sheet, they tick communion, they tick songs, they tick gathering. They got to and sell your possessions and give them to the poor. And I've never had a single person ask me why we don't do that of a Sunday morning. Why I don't get up and go now is the time where we we sell our possessions to those in our community who have need. It's not a prescription. It's a beautiful description of how the church, the generosity and the respect around the communion table were part of the church. But this is not a prescription. I hope that makes sense as we look at this this as a description. What stands out though in this community, what description shows us is a high regard for the teaching, a high regard for not being a consumer, but participating. Everyone was involved. You see the Holy Spirit working and growing and seeing miracles and wonders. There's unity. They're being formed and encouraged. Not unity around liking the same type of bread or liking a certain song style, but loving Jesus. <laughs> unity in His Spirit. And they're so moved and formed, they give to the poor. They head into town and create community in the world. It's amazing. Deep ground has been plowed, this deep community has been grown, is growing. This doesn't look to me like a cruise ship. It doesn't look like an audience watching a movie together and commenting on the movie. It looks like participators. But it doesn't also look like a warship to me. It says everything they had is in common, which is not about all having a favourite colour or all liking the same movie, but they had the common purpose together. That looks like building something. That doesn't look like A warship, worship. But let's just not go on one verse alone. Let's have a look at Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 12, in fact. This is another description of the church. Just as the body through one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized with one spirit as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink even so the body is not made up of one part but of many now if the foot should say because i am not a hand i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body so just because the foot doesn't want to be part of the hand body it's not actually doesn't stop being part of the body it's still a hand and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has has placed in the church, first of all, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, and miracles, the gift of healing, helping, guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. It goes on to talk about how this is only useful if it's done in love. This second description shows us a body with very different gifts, strengths, and parts. How many churches these days, and it's not a dig, but it's just an, uh, just reality, how many churches these days are just legs? You know, like we're into running and walking and, I don't know, not really picking up stuff, so we just form a church that only does leg stuff. Or arms hey we're only really into elbows and lifting things (laughs) so we're just gonna form a church of just arms and we think we're at war with each other (laughs) because we're not a warship we forget that the church is needing all those gifts each of those gifts comes humans and comes brokenness but each part is needed to form the one body we're unified by our differences we're unified by our gifts we're unified because the spirit because christ binds us together this was a group with gifts, not performers to show and attend to. These had gifts, they were producers. These weren't gifts to destroy, notice it, it wasn't warships. They were there to build, grow, restore, bring about the kingdom. Now I have just cherry picked two verses, I get that. But the entire Bible agrees. It, this is how it describes Christian community. At my local church, we literally spent six months this year looking at the Old Testament community, and it agrees with all this. It was a moving, working community centered on Yahweh's presence and bringing generosity and love and faith and repentance and forgiveness to the rest of the world, a kingdom of priests, it called it. Here's some other examples. Colossians 1.24. Now rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body that is the church. Ephesians 4.16 For whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped. When each part is working properly makes the body grow, so It builds itself up in what? Love. Ephesians 4.16 1 Peter 2.5 You yourselves like living stones are being what? Built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Man, as I reflected on these verses, I reflect on the entire narrative in the Bible, there was a word that came to me. (laughs) As I reflected around what type of ship are we then, God, if we're not a warship? We're not at war with everybody. We're not there to destroy. We're here to bring the kingdom and build. We're not a cruise ship. We're not there to just meet our own wants, our own comfortable needs. We're here to some, build something real and deeper than the pool on a cruise ship. What type of ship are we? Well, I reckon all the dads watching this will laugh because there's a bit of a dad joke. I get that. But I believe we're a fellowship. And I can't hear you, but I can hear that, oh, really? <laughs> yes, a fellowship. Let me explain. It's the type of ship we are. I know it's a bit of a dad joke, but we're a fellowship. A fellowship. I know you probably instantly, when you think of fellowship, you go to thinking about morning tea with biscuits and, and tea. No, that's actually not how fellowship is described. Here's how described describe, uh, as per the dictionary, how to fellowship is described. A group of people... Meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. Let me read that again. A group of people meeting, not to consume, not to watch, but to pursue a shared interest or aim. It's, a fellowship is a community on mission. That's why I've chosen a pitch of a surf life-saving club boat going out and rescuing people. Yes, there's people on that boat. And yes, sometimes they enjoy themselves. And yes, they work together. Yes, they get on, but it is for a purpose. A fellowship is a community on mission. Fellowship is not a shared interest. Fellowship is not sitting in the cinema next to someone and enjoying the same show. It's not enjoying an experience together. Fellowship is finding, not finding a community that just suits your needs. Fellowship isn't even all the people you like, or I hope you like the people you fellowship with. Hopefully it has elements of all this. Hopefully you can enjoy your community. Fellowship is a group on mission. A mission, according to uh, these verses and Jesus, to, yes, love God, and then to love each other. To see life, people rescued, changed, freed. My local church just celebrated this a couple of weeks ago with baptisms, which when we baptize people, we don't celebrate that they just got well from a cold. That's not what baptism represents. It represents that you were in death, that your life was destructive. But through Jesus, it's been restored and revived. There is a brand new life for you and you can walk in those ways and bring that same Jesus to everywhere you go. Revived for a purpose. God doesn't get you to do that, be baptized or become a Christian, and then all of a sudden whip you up to heaven. No, He leaves you here because you've been revived for a purpose. Your community is on mission. A community with extreme, reckless, even love, compassion, forgiveness, generosity, and common union. Yes, we gather around the elements. We gather around the symbols of Jesus' death and life. We gather around Jesus and in his spirit to see lives moved and transformed to look more like Jesus and then for them to go do the same. It's a group unified. And I think sometimes that's half the battle, the unity, right? That's the hard bit about sometimes gathering or cultivating community, which is the practice we're looking at. Because we're all so different. We are. Some are arms. Some are eyes. Some are ears. Some are kneecaps. Men those kneecaps. They're different. They're flexible, but they're different. Those feet stink. And it's hard to get us all together, to get us walking and talking and moving as a body. It's people in our communities that we've cultivated, our Christian communities, that we wouldn't even spend time with if we weren't together in church that we'd have no other interest if it wasn't for Christ. But that's the work of the power of the cross. (laughs) We can be unified. In fact, let me be a little bit more even, pushy is not the word, Let let me go a bit deeper than that. To see someone in your community and say, I can't forgive them, and we get forgiveness takes time. I'm not saying instantly. I'm not saying you have to forget. But to say I can't move past this one day, that I can't at least work towards forgiveness, is to say that Christ's sacrifice isn't enough to cover that. Now, people have done some pretty bad things to people. So I'm not saying it's an instant thing. I'm not even saying it's not a lifetime thing. I'm not even saying it's a... Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not trying to belittle or shrink what has happened to you in church community, what I'm trying to uphold and say is bigger than it is, than sometimes we give it credit for, is Christ's sacrifice. He died for them. He died for that person across the room that said that thing. He died for that reason you left the church. He died for that brokenness so that the church could continue, so that we could be revived, so that we all sinners could be saved and freed and rescued for this purpose. This is the beauty and the insanity, <laughs> or maybe the only true sane thing of the church. So, I want to get to some practical because this is about a practice. I want to talk about cultivating community, but just I want to pray for a second because that concept of Jesus not just covering your sin, but covering all the sin and making a way for you to forgive all that sin or forgive each other because he has forgiven you is actually just easier to say and harder to do. And we need the spirit's help for that. So I'm just going to pray. I don't know your context. I don't know your church community, but I'm going to pray. And then we're going to get into some practical and finish this off. But let me just pray for the spirit now to do some work in that. So... Yeah, Father, look, there's so many things that have been done in the name of church community. There's so many things that have held power in church communities. There's so many broken and dark things that have happened. Um, Often people don't walk away from church community, don't stop cultivating church community because of you, God, but because of people. But, Father, you still want to work with us, and you still have a calling, an invention, a, a deep, rich vision for this kingdom kingdom of priests this kingdom of people that serve and witness to you and so father just bring a renewed sense of your kingdom to those that need it bring a renewed sense of the vision that you've given us to be a deep rich community to have all parts but father for the offenses for the brokenness of people lord i pray to soften our hearts I pray to give a supernatural ability to forgive some of these things. Not to forget necessarily, not to, not to let these do it again, not, not to let churches repeat the same mistakes, not at all, none of that. But on a soul level, to be able to forgive or give it to you. <laughs> give the brokenness to you on the cross. And when you say it's finished, that you are enough to let that be true. Not so we can just instantly feel better about ourselves, but so that we can move on with the mission to recognize your power, recognize your glory, recognize your work on the cross in this, and to come out resurrected free from it, free to continue this deep, rich mission that you've given us. God, speak to whoever's watching this now. And allow your spirit to stir with us and do that work, that deep work. Whether it takes an hour, whether it's done right now, whether it takes a lifetime. To help us forgive and move into that rich, deep, beautiful community. In Jesus' name, amen. So the practice guide is online at transformationtrek.online. But uh, I've got one, a paper copy here. And there's some questions and some verses and there's some thoughts about group stages. But I just want to give you three practices to attempt as we do this together. We try to cultivate farm (laughs) community. And so the first one I've called is the invitation is let's gather well. And so you can do this in multiple ways. But I'd encourage you those watching, if you're not already, to find three to six people that you can meet up with once a fortnight or once a month regularly and do life deeply together. Discuss truth, challenge each other, and do life together. Pray for each other. Commit to it. Cultivate. It's not always easy. It's not always hard. It's sometimes fun. But find some people. We call them in my local context a small table. Call them whatever you want cell group, Acts 242 group, group group, Christ group, Jesus fish group. (laughs) I don't, whatever. Whatever. Just gather well and gather deeply. you know. Find some people that you can journey with and be a bit more deep with because you can't always, on you know, a Sunday, if you're Sunday service or Saturday service, whatever, you can't always get together and share all of that on a Sunday. And so find some people that you can do life together. Gather well. Uh, number two is grow well. I encourage you this season to explore your gifting within the body. One of the best ways, because you can't steer a stationary ship, one of the best ways to do this is to get started. Serve somewhere. Just start. I don't know if your local church or your local community, Christ-centered community that you're cultivating, um, needs someone to take out the rubbish, needs someone to do some painting if you're good at that. Needs so- I don't know what it looks like for your you and your community, but start serving somewhere. That'll grow. In that, you'll find gifting. In that, you'll find what doesn't suit you. In that, you can explore. Have a chat to your church leaders and see where you can explore and grow your gifting. I've even put a time frame on it to go about 10% of your week, two to four hours. Imagine giving that to your local Christ community. You can give more, you can give less. It's not a legal thing, but it's a chance to find and grow your gifting. Find out what part of the body you are. What a beautiful and just an awesome thing to do. Find out who you are in a church. Don't find out what you like to watch in a church. Don't find out what your favorite songs are in a church. Don't find out what you like to consume. Find out where you can participate. Grow well. Cultivate. Be the church. And then I've also, under grow well, I've also asked and invited for you to pray and encourage. Find one person you don't know in your Christian community and Pray for them and encourage them weekly. There's nothing, I reckon, nothing quite like it, but sitting down to pray and not praying for yourself and what you want that day, but praying for someone else. Especially if you don't know them. Especially if you actually, even if you find them difficult, it'll draw you together. Because you'll be thanking God for them. You'll notice their gifting. You'll notice the things that they bring Pray for them and then encourage them. Find someone to do that every week this month. One person, pray and encourage them. And see what happens to you. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to see what that does to you and your community. And then a the last one I've said, go well. Kind of last one. Cultivate community in your wider community. Do you know what? If you have Jesus, if you're gathering and growing well, then you are becoming witnesses, or as it says in the Bible, a royal priesthood, a priest in your setting, in your work, in your, in your uni, in your school, in your neighbourhood, wherever you are, in your family. You have become the representation, the witness to Jesus. Imperfect you may be, but he is perfect in that area. If you've been praying for someone to talk to that strange person at your work, the person person's a bit isolated and a bit lonely, you may be the answer to that prayer. God put you next to your loud, noisy neighbours because he needed someone to witness to them, not necessarily go as a warship and tell them off. That might be what he's asking you to do, cultivate good, rich community in the world. You gather well, you grow well, and then you go well. What does that look like? Does it look like handing out 4,000 tracts to your neighbourhood? It might, if that's where you feel led. I tend to lean towards some of these stories. I heard a a story within my local community lately of a a lady and and her friend, and they went to the local uh, show. Here it's called the Gold Coast Show in Australia, Queensland, Gold Coast Show. And they picked up show bags for every kid in their unit block. Uh, It's actually a lower socioeconomic sort of facility facility. Um, it's some housing, low affordable housing. So it shows that the people that actually brought these don't have a lot of money either. But do you know what they did? With that little bit of money, they went out and brought show bags for all the kids in their, in their unit block. Man. Man. Imagine your kids. Imagine those people's kids talking about those Jesus people on their block. Imagine the conversation that parents are having with their kids going, how come they're so kind? How come they're so generous? How come they're bringing something, the generosity that we don't see anymore? Man, <laughs> cultivating community in their community. Friends of ours recently moved next to other friends of ours. So they're living next door in, in an apartment block and they decided to have a neighbourhood block party. And so they invited some other friends over for a big cook-up and a meal and hospitality and they were ate together. And, and do you think they then brought out some slides and gave four points of why these people should go to church with them? No. They didn't have to. Those people asked them, why are you doing this? This is great. You guys seem like stable, non-anxious people. We want what you've got. And so they're in, currently inviting those people to church. Because they want to come. Generate cultivate rich community in the world give these people a chance to see and meet and witness jesus if you're asking your friends to church but you've never once like don't go to their things then what do you expect go to their thing be christ at their thing the church only needs christ and the spirit so bring it to their thing and cultivate rich beautiful community i'm not saying it's a replacement it's Just what we do, bring that community. And so try this season in cultivating community. Yes, grow and gather well in your own rich church community. But then be the church in your work environment, in your school, in your uni, in your neighborhood, in your local shopping center, in your local shopping center car park. What does it look like to cultivate community? in your local car park i tell you what it means it's not tooting at each other (laughs) or cutting each other off or it's slowing down being at peace and so as per normal with any transformation trek you can practice stack as well cultivating community looks like one of our other practices which was to seek stillness good community means you're slowing down being present with people It ties into transformative prayer, another practice we've explored. Good community is fueled by prayer, forgiveness, formation. All of these stack together to not make Daddy love us more. (laughs) He already loves you. He already has this big invention for you called the church. He just wants his kids to get on and grow something deep. Rich, beautiful, that the world has never seen or doesn't understand because it's so unlike the warships and the cruise ships of our culture. Thanks so much for joining us on this trek. And um, yeah, comment below, comment anywhere, (laughs) start the discussion, and uh, let's keep talking about what this journey looks like as we do it together. Thanks so much. See you next time.